right. We're here to do Mr. Robot on West Coast Project. Jamie, we, yes, just talked we, about, we just talked about our weekend, so it's really dumb to keep asking, how was your weekend? So I can get in on the recording, essentially, yeah. is why I'm doing it. But yeah, uh, I know your weekend was good, so. It was awesome. So, Jamie, where the hell are you with this show? What did, what did you think about Hidden Process? Okay, so I liked it. Um, I thought it was good. The, I thought the ending was good. I thought um, parts of it were a little hard to follow. I was really impressed with um, Grace Gummer, uh, this episode. Um, same thing with Carly Chicane. Um, and I thought it was good. Did you have any shit you wish you said? I'll think about it later. It's I mean, from late. other like from other podcasts. Oh, okay, okay. Um, no, I don't need to put you anything. on the spot. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I was there was a shit we wish we didn't say last week because we were saying on that couch who was that moaning breathing person, and right. for a while we were talking about it being Susan Palmer maybe, but she was cremated, dude. There's no way. We, I don't know why we didn't think of that. Oh, gosh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> they dumped her body. I keep waiting for them to find it. They're not going to find it. It's gone. No, that was my first note. Like, oh, wait, we, we can't have Susan Palmer come back. Yeah. That, that would be a, that would crack the, crack the world if Mr. Robot <laughs> tried to make that happen. That would make no effing sense. But you know what was really interesting was that scene where um, he's ba- basically asking the audience if we see any clues. Did you did you notice that? Yeah, like we got to talk about that when it comes up. And I do. I've because we've we have a long period of time between our watching the episode and our podcast. It gives us a lot of time to research and read stuff. So I've read a bunch of stuff about that. Okay. Awesome. Have you? Did you check? Did you read our Reddit's I, or anything about it? No, no Reddits on it. I I do. Um, I try to not do much like reading in prep because I want to have a real like I want to have like my uninformed reaction <laughs> and not like regurgitate stuff that I've heard, you know, or read in other places. And so I try not to do that. But um, but yes, yeah, so on occasion, I'll try to go find information. Yeah, that makes sense. I like I like hearing everything I can, finding everything, and then just bending my bending it to my will. <laughs> there you go. So we got this. We got this. Um, the ritual of gifts that come between Tyrell and Joanna, where when a mission's completed, there's a gift at the end of it, like the phone and the baby rattle and the earrings. We heard about the earrings this episode. Right. So. Are you, where are you on Tyrell, uh, Jamie? I almost called you Michelle. Where are you on Tyrell? Is he gone forever? Is he alive and hiding somewhere? Is he part of Elliot's imagination? Man, I don't know. It's just the craziest thing. Like, I, I don't know what the deal is. Because Elliot is clearly convinced that, um, you know, that, that Tyrell is dead. Which convinces me that maybe he's not. Sorry about that phone. Yeah, there's too much of him still leaking into this episode after episode that some, some, you know, maybe, maybe he was born and died, but he lives on in Elliot's imagination, kind of like Mr. Robot. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. One interesting thing in the previous songs, we hear Darlene saying, I wanted to be Claudia Kincaid so bad. Yeah. And it turns out Angela's using that pseudonym right and i think we know now that the the body cisco found was the 
was Vincent, that dude that was the helper of F Society, right? It wasn't Mobley or Trenton. We'll get, we, I guess we should get to it in the episode, in the, in the scene by scene. Okay. But it starts out with Terry Colby, uh, the former CTO of Evil Corp, giving Price his book. The, and, uh, what a great title from this guy, The Last Honest Man. Right. And it's, um, he says it's trending on Amazon's mover and shaker section, and he's ahead of uh, Trump's latest book. Right. Uh, can you believe he's running for president? The things I have on him, he could put me on this ticket, for, you know, to keep him quiet, keep me quiet, uh -huh. I guess. Mm -hmm. Pretty interesting that Esmael is still commenting on the current political situation. Yeah, yeah, that dude, man, I'm telling and it's crazy to me. It's really, really crazy to me that um, it, that it plays as though it's current. Like this stuff was written like last year. Yeah. You know, he's a bit of a seer. He's this guy's got his thumb on the pulse. Really, he's got a good, accurate recording of what's really happening. He really has. It's amazing. So turns out Colby knows a guy who knows a guy who knows Obama, and Price wants him to pull a favor. Yep. Uh, he wants him to. He wants an ambassador to us. Ambassador to abstain on a vote so that China can annex the Congo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and we know we've heard about the Congo before, Jamie. When Re White Rose talked about it in season one, and I don't remember exactly what he or she said, but it did come up earlier. Yeah, you're right. So I guess we, the words are. We don't need to go through all these words, but Colby essentially says you trade countries like playing cards and price. That's that's what history is. You know, Price has all this historical stuff on his walls. He has the World War One caricature map, caricature map of the leaders of each country. Mm -hmm. That that's kind of interesting. Um, and then he says something about wanting to be the most powerful person in the world. Uh, he is. He thinks he is right now, except for one or two people. Yeah, he says um, that's his thing. His thing has always been what what drives him is um, being able to walk into a room and look around and ask the question, am I the most powerful person in this room? And um, the answer needs to be yes. And he said to this day he still asks that question. And the answer is still yes in every room in the world except for one or two. And who do you think he thinks those one or two are? I'm thinking maybe like Obama and somebody we wouldn't know or recognize, you know, who's like some unknown, unseen, shadowy person. I don't know. Yeah, not Zhang, White Rose Zhang. Um, maybe, but that would be a little bit on the nose. So I'm thinking probably, you know, some great world leader or, you know, some shadow people. I don't know. I don't know that it matters. So this takes us right up to the credits, and then the credits continue through the next scene. We get a great butt shot of Joanna getting dressed. I don't know. I, you know, she's one of those people who I think would be so much better looking if her eyes were dark. Like, on occasion, that happens. Like, a lot of people look really nice with light-colored eyes. I think she would look much better if her eyes were brown. She's bounced right back from that pregnancy. For That's for damn sure. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> um, and Elliot walks in, flanked by Mr. Robot. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Robot says, why isn't she saying anything? Is she trying to get inside my head? Or Elliot, I can't remember which one. 
Gotta be Elliot, right? She trying yes. to get inside my head. Yes, Elliot. He's talking to he's talking to Mr. Robot. Then Mr. Robot walks away and Joanna says, You're not going anywhere. Right. And then I was like, Oh, holy crap, what is it? Like did she seen you know what I mean? It was crazy. That's weird. I know you're working with my husband. Tell me where he is. Yep. So, um, you know, this just the switching between Elliot and Mr. Robot is hard to remember in notes, even like who said what. But <laughs> um, Elliot answers. I don't know. I don't know where he is. And Joanna says, you're being honest with me, but I want you to help me find him. And he, he says, I don't think I'll be able to do that. Like he knows that he won't be able to find him. Right. Yeah. He's not, he's yeah. not on the run and he can't find him. It's like he's. I don't think I'll be able to do that because he's dead is the thing I took from it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what he believes. He believes he's dead because, and we know that later because the scene in the car when they're, when the driver is bringing them back ostensibly, um, he says, you know, she's just a widow, you know, hoping, you know, she's having hope that her husband's still alive. Well, then he even thinks out, he thinks to us, you know, his thought words, should I tell her the truth? And Mr. Robot says, if you do, we're not getting out of here alive. Yeah. So Joanna thinks back about her and Tyrell's first date. She saw a redhead with earrings, asked what, what he would do to get those earrings for her. And he said, I'll do anything. And she said, have sex with her and bring me those earrings. And she's wearing those earrings now. Mm-hmm. So who do you think the redhead might be? Nobody. Uh, a lot of people are guessing and hinting it might be dumb. Why would it? Why? I mean, she's a redhead. I, no, I don't know. But nothing much more than she's a redhead. Yeah, I don't think it matters. I think it's just a story. And she says those those earrings are the cheapest things she owns. Uh huh. And yet they're her favorite. And uh, slides the phone over to Elliot and says, "This is why I know he's alive. He's been calling me." And Elliot says, "You talk to him." And Joanna says, "Last night he has a plan. We haven't spoken. He's protecting me. The calls come up as unknown." And she wants Elliot to figure out where the phone's coming from to track mm-hmm. the calls. Yeah, and how, Elliot's like, that's impossible. Like, how's he supposed to be calling? What the hell is this? <laughs> so um, Esmael drops another cultural reference here when Mr. Robot says, this bitch is Blood Simple. Blood Simple is a really cool book. I think Cormac McCarthy wrote it. Oh. Um, and they say, we can't be around when she finds out Tyrell was killed. Elliot tries to leave and he's blocked. She's, he's blocked by that thug. I can't remember that thug's name. I know it comes up sometime in this episode, but that guy's watching all of this. Vincent? No, Vincent's hurt now. It's another guy. It's another name. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Joanna embra- embraces Elliot and whispers to him. Kind of a s- similar scene to the whisper scene we saw with Darlene. But she whispers to him, then we hear it. Do you really want to say no to me? Yeah. So, all right, we get a commercial, Jamie. Come back. And now Vincent is on Darlene's couch. He's all beat to hell. He's the guy that was groaning, had to be the guy that was groaning and moaning and breathing. Right, that's right. Brought in by Vince, brought in by Cisco, and he thought he was one of her guys. Or F, I guess I guess Cisco isn't totally in on all the F society details. Right. Because he didn't know he had to he had to find find out from Darlene who this guy was. Right. Yeah, because he's more on the dark China end. I mean, the dark army end. Cisco. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Although he's he's apart from them too. He's kind of a free 
a cell sword of types. He's kind of a free agent. Cisco maybe, is. maybe. But I'd say if he had like more inside information, it would be more like dark army information than it would be F society information. Yeah, that's a good point. What do you think about Cisco having a warm heart here? He's kind of a kind person in this episode. Okay, well, I think it's realistic. You know, I think that, you know, somebody in here has got to be, like, not batshit crazy. <laughs> you know? I mean, because, like, what Darlene has been doing is insanity. You know, like, killing people and... You know, it's just, it's crazy. So I'm, I'm really glad that he argued, you know, what a normal person would argue. Well, it's efficiency. It's, it's totally cruel but it, on Darlene's part, but it's efficient to get rid of all these people. But it's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, huh? some say crazy, some say efficient. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some people kill people for money as hitmen, and that's crazy, but it's, you know, it works for them. Um, and okay. so look, looking around on his body for some tracker or just to see what he's got on him, they see he's all beaten and bl- He's in like pretty bad shape. He looks really all, every inch of him is bruised up. And uh, Cisco wants to take him to the hospital, and Darlene, just like she said with Susan Palmer, no way. It's too risky. He knows right. my face and my name. Our focus is finding Trenton and, Mo- and um, Mobley, not helping this guy. Right. Yeah, which is just crazy. That's another thing that's just like madness. And, um, you know, and, and so, but he finally, you know, got her to be reasonable. So. He says, he, you're not a leader. He criticizes her pretty hard, harshly. You're not a leader. You fumbled your way through this. Wake the F up. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. So next scene, I guess, is at Susan Palmer's house again, the crime scene. Mm-hmm. There's a smashed picture I didn't recognize. I first thought this might be Krista's place because it looked like Krista in that cracked picture frame, but couldn't tell. I guess that was probably Susan Palmer. It was Susan with uh, with some friends. Okay. And so Dominique asks, where's Agent Yang? Uh, why was I called here? Um, I, and they, they have a joke about it being a nice house and how they should pull their money because it's going to be coming on the market soon. Yeah. Uh, and Yang makes a joke about being teabaggers from Maryland. One got away, the rest were apprehended. Uh-huh. So they have info about this. They're coming, they're getting hot on the trail of everybody here. And uh, that's right. You know, this episode's tying up a lot of loose ends. Uh-huh. The Dominique wonders why they burn. Why did the FBI burn this opportunity to keep this house like kind of a hot place that they could surveil? Yeah. It's a good good point. Why, why, why don't we keep it alive and keep do undercover on these guys and see who comes and goes? Yeah. And then, you know, she's like the, 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 other, the agent says for the second time in the episode, like this is the FBI's new plan or whatever. So they talk about Colby. This part I missed, Jamie. Why? I think Yang says something like Colby's taken a more aggressive strategy since that video. Or is he talking about a different guy in the FBI? Uh, yeah, I think they're talking about, um, like, it's not, they're not talking about Terry Colby. They're talking about, like, some, the, like somebody high up in the FBI. That was the way I took it. 
um, that, that this is like the new strategy, um, since the video is being like run differently, it's more aggressive. Right. Since Sterling's video. So maybe it's not even Colby. It might just be a name that sounds like Colby. Yeah. Um, so, cause I was going to say, like, you know, did Colby do something to get them to burn this crime scene on purpose? But I guess, I guess we're talking about a different person here. Yeah, I think so. Let me see if I've got, okay, got the, um, hold on. If I have the, the name of it, uh, Comey. Comey. Okay. Yeah. So he's some boss of theirs in the FBI. Yeah. Director. So we see the street scenes outside of Elliot's place now. More garbage, Jamie. Uh, piling up and people lining up at the ATM. So we are starting to see some of the results of this hack and the problems people are having. Right. Well, we've been seeing it all along. We just haven't been seeing like what you or I would like to see because we've been seeing stuff, but it's just not been satisfying. And Elliot delivers for us here too. He says his thought, his thought words to us, the system is hung. It's frozen in limbo. Did we lose? Maybe wars are not meant to be, to, to be won. And instead are just continuous. So he's he's uh, he's commenting on their failure to pull this hack off to reset the whole game. That yeah. he's just calling it frozen and a loss now. Mm-hmm. And riding around in the car, he discusses Joanna with Mr. Robot. Elliot says she's just a grieving wife, and he wants to stop at the store for some hardware. And yeah, he needs to. He needs if they if he's gonna do. What it is that Joanna wants done, then he needs hardware because his stuff is still being held by the police. And Mr. Robot wants to go to his apartment. And uh, Elliot has to kind of convince him, if you want this done tonight, we need the hardware. So we got to go get the hardware. It's funny how he bats this back and forth in his own head. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you something that I realized, too. Um, Elliot's name is kind of an unusual name. And we got Ollie whose name is also unusual, and those names are almost anagrams of each other. Mm, yeah. The only thing you're missing is the T, you know, like an Elliot from Ollie, and I don't know why, but it kind of just sticks in my head, and I wonder what what the connection is. Hmm, maybe. It's, it's something I've never thought of before. Dominique discusses the new laws about the, uh, the new laws, the new clues about the beaten up guy with with Agent Santiago, mm-hmm. and uh, he wants to put a sketch out, a bolo on this guy. Be on the lookout for a bolo. Uh, I'm so glad you said that. I didn't know what that was. I had to look it up because like, uh-huh. what the hell's a bolo? Secret like a like a tie that has an electronic device in it. Right. <laughs> be on the lookout though. So Dominique says if you do that, Dark Army will kill him. And uh, the guy says it's time to embrace the Bureau's new direction. And what's that dude's name? New, the Comey? New, Comey? Comey. Comey. Mm-hmm. Well, why do they have a freaking Comey if they got a Colby? I don't know. All right. So we go to this music uh, at the Micro Center store. Not music, but the electronics store. Elliot and Mr. Robot are shopping. And mm-hmm. uh, he notices one product with a special e-coin discount. If you buy it with e-coin, it's discounted. And it's the MSI GT72 2PE Dominator Pro, Jamie. <laughs> it's a, it, that is one thing. But he also buys a, he buys a laptop. He buys an Intel Core i7 laptop. Mm-hmm. I got the specs on it if you want it. It's okay. A, it's a nice computer. 
It's right. uh, 16 gigabyte uh, DDR3L, 1600 megahertz, one terabyte, 7200 RPM hard drive. I don't know how they call it. But, well, I guess that's a spinning drive if it's an RPM. So mm -hmm. one terabyte spinning drive and 128 gigabyte solid state drive. 17.3 inch anti-glare screen, mm -hmm. uh, eight gigabytes of RAM, CD burner, Windows 8.1. <laughs> so Reddit has everything for us. <laughs> uh, uh, it wasn't the thing, it, that wasn't the computer he chucked into the cart, it was a box. That was probably that Dominator thing. And he just put the card for the computer, right? Like they go get the computer from the back room when you give them the card at the front. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, some of those, yeah. Then he buys a bunch of burner phones and cables and other accessories. And uh, the, the Joanna phone rings next, and we hear heavy breathing. And when this happens, something weird happens is that Elliot's alone in the store now. As soon as this happens, all the customers are gone from the store. And you know what's really crazy? Like when he goes to turn down that aisle, if you look down to the end of the aisle, the sign on the wall like it's supposed to be a sign that has a bunch of letters on it that reads like a word or something or a phrase, but all you can see is no, like the letters N O like giant capital letters. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So why do you think the people did it? Because there were people in that store. I thought. Cer yeah. Certainly Mr. Robot was there and he, he's gone too. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It was that was a weird. It was a weird scene because, like I said, it, it had some odd stuff, like that thing of no, and um, there were some other weird things that happened. So I don't know. It was, it was unusual. So we get I a don't... commercial comeback from the commercial, and at the hospital, uh, Cisco's reading, reading the phone. I guess reading the phone screen. And uh, he says, Elliot, what does he have to do with stage two? And Darlene says, I hope I was hoping you could tell me. And uh, Cisco says, I could have just dropped him off the door. And Darlene says, no, I needed to be here. I'm not special. It's Elliot, the one with the plan, the one they're taking seriously. She's giving all this credit to Elliot now. Mm -hmm. It was never me or Mobley or Trenton or Romero. At one, and then she goes into this long dialogue about how when she was little, she was kidnapped essentially from the, from the park, from the uh, Staten from Island. The, yes. Or Coney yeah. Island. So, Jamie, was this the trip, the, the Alderson trip, do you think? Maybe. I don't know. She was, uh, wasn't tall enough to go on the roller coaster, so Mr. Robot and Elliot went. The real dad, Mr. Robot, when he was alive, went and she had to wait with her mother and she got lost and was picked up by a little old lady who kidnapped her, essentially, mm -hmm. and offered to buy her whatever she wanted. And she liked this little encounter, took her home, <laughs> took her to her home and gave her a princess room in her house. And Darlene says she wanted it all to be real, but the police barged in and ruined it. Yeah. Took her home. It was the saddest story ever told. That was like really tragic and horrible. And, um, you know, the way that Darlene, um, tells the story, it just is like, it, it sounds like a person who has been through, you know, something terrible. It's told really in the voice of, you know, a victim, um, who was a child, you know, it's just really the, the voice that they, 
whoever wrote that monologue for her, um, is talented. And, um, I, I, I was really affected by it. It made me really sad. And, um, it was really interesting to me because, um, you know, that's the, it's such a, an authentic sounding voice for someone, you know, in that position. And it kind of gives you insight into di- di- like in, into Darlene and like how she thinks and what she's been through. I mean, she's a damaged person. You know, she's a really, really, she, her childhood was traumatic because she didn't want to go back home. Like you've got to have an awful, awful home life to get kidnapped by somebody and not want to go home. Right. You can understand her maybe having that thought as a child. Like, wow, I miss, no, I'm missing out on the princess room and the ice cream and all the stuff this woman was. But as, after, you know, she's an adult now. She's almost 30. She should be looking back on this like, I had a really close call where I could have been in big trouble if I, they didn't find me. But well, no. I mean, like, even, like, it, yes, I mean, it's, that, that's true, too. Like, what you're saying is true. But, I mean, like, she should have been scared as a kid. Like, she should have realized, like, once she like got out of that lady's house. Once she got home to her family, she should have been like, Oh yes. Oh, thank God. I'm home with my family. (laughs) But she wasn't. The only regret she has is that if I had stayed with the skinny woman, I would have not been around Elliot. Right. And she, it took her, they didn't find her till like the next morning too. She was, she was away like overnight. Right. Pretty crazy. Mm hmm. All right, so some of these scenes start to get interspersed now. So don't don't ask me if I forgot because they're probably that's just probably the way I took my notes on them. Okay. Um, Elliot's putting together this uh, Wi-Fi focuser thing with the Pringles can, the mm-hmm. antenna, which is pretty cool. I liked him building that. I actually built one of those once myself, Jamie. There's and I know it actually works. So uh, Claudia Kincaid texts. And Cisco sees it, and this is now Angela. Angela's Claudia Kincaid. So Cisco doesn't tell Darlene that he knows this, right? He doesn't tell her that he's seen this. I think Cisco has Darlene's phone, and he's looking at it, and this text comes in, and he doesn't doesn't say, hey, you got a text here, and it says whatever. It's it's only seen by him, I think, if I remember correctly. Okay. So Elliot continues to build this in- antenna and connects it all up, and he dials in, looks online for this uh, this code book on how to get a wireless number, how to process and get a wireless number. And I can just see Sam Ismail researching this online, Jamie. Among other things, he's probably researched online. Yeah. Like, he probably looked for the NYPD police code uh, a book of procedures for what you do if you need to... Deliver a, a cell phone number. What's the process? Well, I'm sure it did. I mean, yeah, somebody had to guide him on that because it seems legit. Like, but it seems like something you could actually do. I think that's what I'm saying is that I wonder if he just did it. I'm going to Google NYPD police procedure and see if there's a code book somewhere and a PDF that I could just read. Maybe. <laughs> I bet he did that. I bet. Uh-huh. I bet he did that. Like you didn't have to call friends in the department that were high up and say, hey, give me access to your PD, you know, the, the police department code book. I bet he found it online. Maybe. Just like Elliot did. Maybe. So uh, pretty cool, though. Elliot figures out how to get this phone number traced and 
and uncovered to where the address is. Mm-hmm. It's a social slash technical hack. He hacks by kind of lying on the on the application form that they have, and the, yep. and the call he makes. Social engineering. Uh, Elliot makes a snarky comment. No one in the world, no one in the world uses facts anymore except for cops. <laughs> Can't do Elliot's voice. Uh, and probably the DMV or you know bureaucracies. These fax machines. So who's this guy in the suit? This I can't remember this guy's name. We got to figure that out somewhere in here. Um, he tells him that others are trying to work this out on finding this address, but not having much much success finding this cell phone location. Um, yeah, I don't know that guy's name. It'll come up. Uh, Elliot gets a, Elliot also gets a text from Claudia Kincaid that says uh, they need to meet nine one one or four one one whatever emergency. We need to meet quick. Mm-hmm. Then this guy in the suit says, "Half of me wants it to be him, and the other half doesn't." So he's like a some associate of Tyrell's, the Wellex family bodyguard or the bodyguard Tyrell had from from E Corp that was kind of assigned to him and Joanne. He works for them uh-huh. somehow. He's always there. He works for them, and he also relates to the other freak jobs he's been on. Are you talking about that guy, that bodyguard guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just can't catch his name. Yeah, I can't remember that dude's name. Uh, Elliot <laughs> focuses on the audience to drown him out. It's pretty pretty cool on us mm-hmm. as the audience. Uh-huh. And he says, did Mr. Robot leave because he's afraid? Did he lie about Tyrell? Is, what, is, what is here that he needs? And this is the scene. This is the scene we're talking about in the beginning of the podcast, Jamie, where he he asks us to help look. So here's what happened. So one of the staff members of the Mr. Robot show wasn't Esmail, somebody else, one of the writers or somebody else, wrote an email, and in the email he put a bunch of typos and he put like improperly uppercase letters where they didn't belong. Mm-hmm. And the uppercase letter spelled out bottom right, like as a clue to look in the bottom right of this scene. Oh. So these are the things that the Reddit detectives have all found from doing this. The first clue is there's a book in the bottom right with a spotlight on it showing a page and some pages in the book. And it's a book about mastering Microsoft's Link Server 2013. Huh. Uh, and now Microsoft bought Skype, so there's something in there about just some technology that uh, Esmail is trying to clue us in on that this book is kind of old if it's 2013. But uh, it's about letting non-admins have control over like a, like a Skype or a, or a VOIP uh, technology. So Okay, so that's, that's interesting because you got the guy in the commercial, right, and he's saying... So they can take away your power, and I'm not talking about your electricity. I'm talking about your computers, your access to the internet, your television, your phone. What does that all add up to? Like Elliot's saying. Yeah. So it's it's letting somebody who's not an, not the administrator have control temporarily, and it, that's a cool analogy to like the human roles, like ha- letting someone have control temporarily. And I don't know if they they're like referring to. To Joanna or to, to somebody else. But it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting book to have in there and as a clue. Yeah. Clue number two is a, there's a stack of mail near the mail slot. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't know what the mail is or what the clue is, but there's a stack of mail building up like Elliot have, having been away. 
mm-hmm. or people, somebody having been away. And it's, um, and I, I don't know what the mail implies. You know, Leon had said at one point back when Elliot was in jail, wait for the letter from Dark Army. Right? Like, uh, I, think we, I think that's probably the letter that got him out of jail. Huh. The re- okay. Something Dark Army did got him out of jail early. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the third clue is on the one of the shelves in the scene. There's the Back to the Future 2 video with a note sticking out of it. Oh, well, that's interesting because that was the one that um, Darlene, I mean, um, uh, Angela was going to watch with Elliot. They were going to watch Back to the Future 2 and get high. Remember? Mm-hmm. And um, she actually brought that up in this episode. So mentioning these clues, there's no, they don't reveal anything to, to help me figure anything out better. But I think that's interesting that people on Reddit have dug into this and that's what they came up with. Huh. So there's a weird scene now, Jamie, about the TV reporter, this conspiracy reporter, Let's Be Frank. And he makes uh-huh. comments about the blackouts. And uh, this, is on, this is on in the hospital while uh-huh. Darlene and Cisco are talking to the nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess they find out that the guy, Vincent, was beaten up. The guy who was brought in was beaten up a while ago. Like this, this beating happened a while ago mm. or over time or something. It wasn't just like one recent event. It was like a, a while ago. Elliot's talking to the NYPD again about getting the cell phone. This is a whole process he goes through. It goes through a few scenes. So it bleeds, bleeds into a couple scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a suicide guy. They're worried about it. That's, he's smart. It's the social engineering he uses to get them to reveal. Yep. Uh, and they find out it's on the Upper East Side. But um, I'm not sure where on the Upper East Side. It's like 92 East, 82nd Street. So that could be maybe Scott Knoll's house. Uh, or it could be someplace Tyrell's hiding out. Okay, so what I thought was when they gave that, because, all right, so when they figured out where that phone actually, the, where the, it was coming from, that call was coming from, I thought that was um, Cisco's place. Yeah, some people, they talk about that on Reddit too, but it seems to be too nice of an address to be Cisco's dumpy place. What makes you think it's a nice address? Because it's like Upper Park. It's like up the Upper East Side. It's like nice part of Manhattan. Oh, so you're saying like that address didn't have anything to do with what they were showing on the screen? Because when they when when the guy was saying no, it wouldn't be coming from that address. Then that's when they were showing those cut-ins about like like he's having the conversation with Elliot, but then the FBI is breaking into Cisco's place. Yeah, I don't think those are connected. Okay. I think it's like the Wellicks somewhere, some, or Knowles. You know, somebody with some money has to live at that address. Oh, okay. But when when Elliot doesn't, Elliot doesn't know the address for one thing. So maybe Elliot, I guess Elliot probably wouldn't know Cisco's address either. Right. But it seems like Joanna's security guy, which by the way I think his name is Sutherland. <laughs> oh, okay. He immediately knows what it is. I think. Uh, and he and, and and I think he knows. I think he knows now what's going on. But we don't know. This guy's Sutherland. Uh, so it could be Scott Knowles trying to get back at Joanna. You know, even though she didn't really do anything to him, it was Wellick that did. It was Tyrell that did that killed his wife. Anyway. Um, wait, it was Tyrell that killed his wife. Yeah, Tyrell killed uh, Knowles' wife. 
Right. Yeah. But I don't know what the, I, that part is really confusing to me. I, there's something that this guy knows. I think that this guy and Joanna know something, but I don't know what it is. It's weird. Well, they know. See, that's why I think it might be Noel's house. Cause the, cause the Wellicks went to the Noel's house, right? For that party. Uh-huh. And maybe the bodyguard would have been outside with the car, might have known, you know, he, if he's their bodyguard, he's with them all the time. So he probably okay. would have recognized the address. Like, oh, yeah, that's where that party was that one night a year ago or whatever. So I think it might be Noel's house and it might be that this guy Sutherland now recognizes that address. Like, oh, 92 East 82nd. That's where I was with I was with him that night at the party. And, oh, uh, maybe. and he and I and it, you know I guess you could you could wonder who it is at Noel's house if it's not Scott Noel's maybe it's Tyrell hiding out there I don't know yeah <laughs> but they're maybe. but they're closing in I mean we're not going to be in this isn't going to be a mystery for much longer I don't think right yeah All right, yeah so, so Dominique and the FBI break into the house of Francis Shaw uh, Cisco Cisco's real name is Francis Shaw. Yeah. yeah. They see some badge or some sort of a nameplate on a on a lanyard that says Francis Shaw. I guess Cisco is from Francis. Um, oh yeah, Francisco. Francisco. Yeah, you know? maybe maybe Francisco, but it's Francis oh. Shaw. Now Frankie Shaw is Shayla's real name. At the actress who played Shayla was Frankie Shaw. That's such a great throwback. I think yeah. Frankie is the middle name, but it, that's that's the throwback. So we saw that. We saw that in Breaking Bad, where Vince Gilligan used real persons' names for characters' names sometimes. Mm-hmm. So another Esmael copying, you know, his cultural references are, are many and often. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, writers tend to do that, and artists tend to do that. Like, even painters will represent, like, they'll have... Um, in a, in a painting of, you know, like a, you know, a gathering of people who seem to be, they should be anonymous people. Sometimes they'll have the faces of people that they know, you know, on the bodies of some of those, the, the characters in a painting. Kind of a nod or a tribute to them. Yeah. So there's some commercials here now, Jamie, and one of the commercials that I saw was for the movie Snowden. Oh, pretty, pretty good placement for a commercial for Snowden. Do you think people watching this show would be interested in that movie? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's very um, well tied to the subject matter. So there's another text from Angela to Elliot asking to meet. I mean, it's more urgent. Like, you really got to meet me. It's important. And we see Darlene and Cisco now. After they left the hospital, they went to Lupe's restaurant. And Darlene is talking about running away. She has money stashed somewhere, some hacker space she has. And as soon as Vincent's all right, as soon as they take care of that, they're on the run. They're gonna, they're leaving. And mm-hmm. Cisco says, we can't leave. And Darlene says, I'm tired of being on the run. Wow. Did this surprise you that Darlene was going to bail? Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I mean, so I think that if she if she plans to run, then she's got to run with Elliot, right? Because she just finished telling that story about him. You know, so we know she loves him and we know that she, you know, she that's her family. So I don't think she would abandon him, but yes, it's surprising to me, but only in the sense of the story, like the common sense wise, it makes, you know, it's logical that she would want to run. She should want to run because it's crazy what they're doing. 
So we go back to the hospital. Dominique is talking to the nurses, and they're looking at the security footage. I guess they're going to find out that Cisco and Darlene were there by the security footage. And the one nurse says they'll be back in an hour, and the I think the uh, Santiago, the FBI guy, says not if they saw the bolo. So he thinks they're not coming back. But apparently the news doesn't come on until this one nurse comes on her duty cycle and she, she turns the news on. Right, and then Dom is like, oh, so maybe they didn't see it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So then we see Elliot on the train, and he does make this emergency meeting with Angela. Uh, and there's a f- couple posters behind them kind of hit- hitting us over the head with phase, uh, phase two or whatever. But the, the ear, it's, a, it's an ad for an ear, some sort of a listening device or something. Or yeah, a hearing it's like aid audio. Uh-huh. Or headphone set or something for discerning yeah. listeners. Right. Um, and there's one behind both of them. So they don't, there's no way to miss this. Right, exactly. And Angela asks him, why did you start F Society? Elliot says, I didn't want to involve you. And Angela says, it's a little too late for that. The FBI came to my place. Yeah. So these scenes go back and forth between the hospital and, and these guys. So back at the hospital, we see Dominique's team kind of waiting for those guys to come back. And then mm-hmm. the restaurant, this restaurant scene is pretty awesome. Uh, Cisco says, let's sit here and chill. Sometimes the best decision is not making one. Mm-hmm. And then back at the hospital, we jump back and forth a few times. The TV reports, uh, uh, there are TV reports of an EPA by the EPA of a spill at a Colorado location. Right. Um, so a Silverton, Colorado mine or something or EPA, EPA site. All right. Dom picks on the nurse. Now, why'd you take us? Why did it take you so long to call this when the TV's right here? And then she realizes that it's another nurse who turns on the news when she comes in. So they know now that Darlene and Cisco may not have seen it. Yeah. Uh, all right, back to the train. And Angela tells Elliot she's on her way to the lawyers to confess. She's, she's done, too. She's, like, going to give it up. Yeah. I can't, pretend, can't keep pretending this is going to go away. We can't beat them. I tried my best. She's going to go and just take, take the blame for planting the femtocell and um, try, to, try to just end it. Yeah, so what do you think about that? I believe it. I, I believe her. I don't think she was wearing a wire or anything or trying to trick Elliot into, you know, to saying something. Mm-hmm. She looks just spent. Mm-hmm. I buy it. I believe it. Yeah, I do too. Um, but I was surprised about... Um, about her reaction because I really thought that she had a plan. You know, I was thinking she had a master plan. So it just kind of makes me feel like, you know, was she really seduced by the position and the money? Is this what she was, you know, planning all along? I mean, how did it all end up being kind of like nothing? I think she was planning it all along. Okay, but then she didn't act anything out. She didn't do whatever it was that her plan was. You think the guilt just got to her? Or she maybe just thinks she got she can't win. She can't beat them. Well, that yeah, cuz you're right. That is what she said. She said no matter what we do, they'll always win. They'll always beat us. Are we going to jump a lot now, Jamie? So back at Lupe's restaurant, Darlene complains that Cisco, well, Cisco takes her food off her plate. I'm not into that family style shit. 
Yeah. And it's really interesting in light of the family troubles and that kidnapping princess little event she related to him. Right. I'm not into family style shit. Like I'm, I'm a loner. I, I, my food is my food. You do not share. I do not share it with you. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. So on the train, Elliot admits to Angela, I hid while, other, while all the others took the risk. And Angela says, well, dude, we have to. The, the only way we can talk now is talking to each other on the subway. It's a long way from what things used to be. Yeah, and then she says the thing about um, it's it's a long way from um, getting high and watching Back to the Future too. Yeah, there you go with the Back to the Future, right? Simpler, mm-hmm. uh, happy times. Yeah. So Dominique's on the streets now, looking around, just wondering where these guys are. She sees some woman locking a door, and she asks if they've she's seen them, and she also asks where. Well, where would I go for food? And finds out five blocks away is the, is the next closest place. Yep. On Back on the train, Angela asks Elliot if he's still seeing Mr. Robot mm-hmm. and says you should probably get off here. And both. Why did she tell him that? Because maybe that's where she expected the people to show up. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like she knew. Yeah. Maybe she's just on to when they start picking her up. I don't know. Like they know, she knows at every stop, every night on this stop, they get on and that's where they follow me from this point on. You know, I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe. Elliot says, or thinks, I can't remember which, I don't, I don't want to leave her. And then they hug and kiss each other. One of the most awkward kisses ever. Yeah. Right. (laughs) The train does stop and Elliot leaves and Angela rides onward and then those two people show up. Um, do you remember who they were? Did you recognize who they were, Jamie? Well, no, I mean, you couldn't tell. It was just some black dude and some auburn-haired woman. Yeah, so it's not Mobley and Trenton and it's not Cisco and Darlene, which we didn't know at the time. You know, I thought, oh, Cisco and Darlene. No, man, no it's, a, it's an older dude with, like, balding ha- hair and a woman. Yeah. And then, you know, I was looking for the cap because it was kind of blurry. They were kind of for, you know, the front part of this shot. Right. Uh, there was no cap. So that Cisco had that red cap on the whole time. So it was easy to well, p- pick him out. Yeah. And no, I'm pretty sure that was a black dude. And, um, and like, a red-haired uh, woman. Yeah. And an Auburn. Yeah. Auburn haired woman. So, uh, Anyone, I don't know. I, I guess it's probably just the FBI people trailing them. That is a good point, though. Why did she ask Elliot to leave or tell him to leave? It's probably because she knew they were they were the ones following her every night. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, so Dominique finds Lupes. She calls for help and goes in. And She stands. says, send all units to that address. Yeah. Well, it's big. That's what she's been looking for. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, did you notice the crosswalk countdown is the... Yes, yes, and exactly when it hit zero is when all hell broke loose. So the motorcycle, she goes in, she stands at their table facing out towards the street, the window. She's standing in there sitting. The mm-hmm. motorcycle pulls up and the rider gets off as that crosswalk counts down. Uh, we see Dominique Duck... Uh, and it looks like somebody else ducks, too. I mean, the first time you see this, a lot happens to absorb it all. I had to watch it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but neither of them pop up which when the shooting stops, which is a little scary right away. Uh, so it's a dude machine gunning the whole hell out of everything in the place. Um, the guy 
then Angela does, or not Angela, uh, Dominique does pop up and shoot the guy, and he tries to limp back to the motorcycle. But as the cops come, the driver of the motorcycle takes off, and the dude kills himself, just like the dudes in China did. That's right. Dominique comes out all covered in blood, but she looks okay. She's covered with blood or ketchup or something. Uh, she's now a pretty seasoned veteran of surviving shootouts. Yeah, she seems to be tough as nails, and um, you know, like she, <laughs> she's she's like pretty badass in this thing. But um, but we we don't know what happened to Darlene and uh, Cisco. Well, we kind of do. Because the, people on Reddit did a scene-by-scene breakdown of that close-up of the guy sh- machine-gunning the, through the window. Okay. And I'll put it in the... I mean, it's, a, it, it's all broken down, like, frame-by-frame. Frame. Oh. And you can see Cisco gets blasted in the head. Oh, There's dude. no way he's coming out of this. Okay. But Darlene gets pulled under the table by, by Dominique. Oh wow! Okay, because that's because I didn't do frame by frame, but I just like watched it, and it actually, I have it pulled up on my screen like right now, um, where the it's the moment where the shooter's about to start shooting, and um, like that's what I was looking at. It looked like Darlene ducked, and it looked like Cisco got shot. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me, but I didn't do the the frame by frame breakdown. So they they put it in six steps. So step number one, Dominique goes into Lupe's and goes to the table. She stands and talks to them for twenty seconds as the assassin walks across the street. With four seconds left on the countdown clock, you know the crosswalk, she grabs Darlene's arm, and Darlene yanks her arm away from Dominique. Uh-huh. And then as the clock, the crosswalk clock hits zero, she sees the assassin. Dominique sees the assassin and dives behind the table. And the assassin shoots Cisco right in the head, where you see his head just, like, explode. Damn. Uh, then as all this glass is falling, you can see inside better, inside the restaurant. And this assassin's spraying more. Like, now he's shooting, like, everywhere. And Darlene's not in her seat anymore, as if no. as if, as if Dominique had pulled her away Uh and then the sirens start to happen we hear them sirens to hear the sirens the assassin turns to run away then dominique pops up shoots him uh and then the police cars start to show up and once the police cars show up the guy tears away on the motorcycle and the guy kills himself the the machine gun guy kills himself dominique runs out spattered with blood but she appears to be okay and uh, so it really looks like cisco's dead from this little thing that they have Now, people are saying, oh, there were condiment bottles on the front of the table and it was all kinds of mustard and ketchup spray or, you know, whatever, salsa. (laughs) (laughs) And that's probably what's covering Dominique. But I don't think that's going to let Cisco off the hook. I think he's really been blasted pretty badly in this. (laughs) That would be appropriate because he's been walking around with a cap on. And I was just thinking, dude needs to take that cap off. It's like he's always wearing it. So, you know, it just goes to show you can't protect your noggin with a cap. So some Redditors are pressing this even further, like, you know, looking for more clues. Like, does this confusion and everybody now being out in the street allow maybe Darlene to sneak out somehow if she's just under the table? 
Well, I mean, she really could have totally escaped because Dominique runs out into the street. So in all the ensuing chaos, there was probably plenty of time for Darlene to get away um, as long as she wasn't too badly injured, if she wasn't injured or maybe not injured at all. Although there are a million cops showing up now. Yeah, but they're all like, you know, like it's it's enough time for her to like, if she could gather her wits about her, for her to either escape through the back of the place or the side of the place or I don't know, you know. Yeah, if she stays kind of calm, she could kind of walk away slowly, I think. Yeah. Because you're right. The cops are all after that motorcycle and and uh, the cars are driving fast. You know, there's not there aren't cops like walking. They're all driving. Yeah. So, and they're not inside the restaurant. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. So I think I think it's going to be interesting. Darlene getting away is interesting and Darlene being caught is interesting because just now she'll have to talk. So, I mean, they'll have her. They'll they'll be able to just ask her what the yeah. hell. Uh, also, um, I think Elliot coming to light, like what do the FBI and police know about Elliot? I think that they must know some stuff about him. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's also disjointed. So, Jamie, that's it. I think we said that um, we I misreported that there are two. It's a double episode in the final week. It's not. There's two more weeks. Oh, OK. They changed. They either did it, started it that way and changed it or it was always that way. But there are two more episodes on separate weeks. Python part one and part two. OK, awesome. So for episodes 11 and 12 on Mr. Robot on West Coast Project. Yay. All right, Jamie, any final thoughts? No more final thoughts. My brain's empty. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next week on Python. And in the meantime, if you need to email us or hit us up, go to at Word Gurley or at Scathing Tweets or just look at the website, West Coast Project. Awesome. And what's yours website? Oh, wishisaidthatshit.com. That, that link will be on the <laughs> show notes, too. And check out that video. There's a cool little short video of the machine gunner if you want to see what really happened. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. All right, Jamie. Talk to you on Python. Later. Bye.